0: Here we are, the final uh, SIFT, save it for the football podcast of the first season and the football season in the books. And so this is our last show, Um, we talked about doing something different um, in a couple of weeks, but this is not the last SIFT podcast, Uh, stay tuned for details uh, about that after you listen to this, Uh, the mayor and I going over Super Bowl and some props, croutons, etc. So stay tuned for that. Okay, welcome to the SIFT podcast, save it for the football podcast. This one, sadly, the last one for this first season of the SIFT podcast. Um, We are going to talk Super Bowl. Uh, I'll get your reaction. uh, And uh, before I go anywhere else, I'm going to welcome the mayor as always. So I want to get your reaction to the Super Bowl. But um, before we do anything, I got to give my random... The first, Mr. Potato Head, was an actual potato. It's true. They, um, they, used, to, they used to sell uh, little facial kits. Uh, it would come with eyes and ears and all that stuff. And uh, it would be like in a little bag and you take it home and you put it on an actual potato.
1: That is absolutely fascinating. And thanks to the um, miracles of the internet, I finally know that I can do something better than Tom Brady, well be it that it's drinking, but there there is something <laughs> that I can do better than Tom Brady. Yeah.
0: Um yeah. Well the avocado smoothies uh all 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 season long don't uh don't prepare you for those uh what is it, Miller Light? I don't know what is he drinking. Well I I heard
1: it was what? some kind of tequila. So
0: well, that's what he said in his tweet, and uh, but I don't know if that was a joke or not. So but did not, he
1: I say tequila? Because that's how you would know that he was doing it while drinking.
0: Yeah, it was. I think it was a, it's supposed to be something funny like that, where he he actually did spell it kind of funny um, to make it make a joke about himself. Um, but I, I suspect he was uh, probably not slamming any hard liquor. I think it was probably some light beers. Um, I don't think he drank, so. I think that uh, they got away from him pretty quickly, um, even though they were like 5% alcohol.
1: So, who, who is the better drinker, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady?
0: And now, I don't know anything about Aaron Rodgers' drinking habits. I do well, know if well, do you spent that the, much the, time
1: the in green At the um, Milwaukee Bucks football or basketball game a few seasons back. I didn't see that. So enough. there was a cut there. Aaron Rodgers was courtside with one of his um, offensive linemen. And the offensive lineman was shown in the video. And this offensive lineman looked like he had a keg inside of him. And <laughs> he had a, ver- a very large beer, probably 20 ounces, and downed yeah. it in about four seconds. And then Camera okay. focused in on Aaron Rodgers and he was going to attempt to chug this beer and you could tell that Aaron Rodgers had definitely focused his college years on becoming a great quarterback and not chugging beer because he was able to choke off about four or five sips and he had to put it down and, <laughs> and that is probably the true reason why Danica Patrick uh, decided to split. <laughs>
0: Well, I didn't I didn't see that. Um, but uh I think these guys um some of these guys uh, you know, yeah, just uh kicking back with some beers is not their thing. Um but I I think Aaron Rodgers if I'm remembering correctly, I think he talked about dr- having a drink after um they saw the pa- he saw the Packers draft Jordan Love. Am I misremembering that? I think he said he had four fingers of whiskey or something like that, um, as soon as he saw that name called uh, when Green Bay drafted Jordan Love. It
1: it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever, but it surprised me even less that he would use the terminology four fingers of whiskey. Um, uh, but I, I think Aaron Rodgers has a lot of tongue-in-cheek moments, and that was probably another one of them. Yeah,
0: yeah you're probably right. All right, so let's get uh, into the Super Bowl. What is uh, – what's uh, – what was your reaction to the Super Bowl? Did you feel uh, that it was um, the worst game ever, the best game ever, somewhere in between?
1: You know, i i re- I watched the whole game, and i I kind of watched it from a from a subjective point of view. I, I didn't. I mean, not subjective. I, I wanted to see a great game, and then I reviewed the stats again right before we came on with our show. And Kansas City had more passing yards, more total yards, almost averaged the same yards per play. The penalties is where they really, you know, where they really went down in interceptions. And that was really the turn in the game. Um, uh, Apart from Kansas City not really being able to overcome missing two offensive linemen and that Buccaneers defensive line being as good as they were. They um, definitely stood out and, and made this game out to be more of a blowout than it should have been.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, let's be honest. It's it's really always about line play, especially in a big game like this where both teams are good, um, have talent, you know, a, a lot of talent, the highest talent on both sides of the ball. Um, so it always comes down to line play. But when one team has a significant advantage at the line – um, then it becomes kind of a lopsided game, which is what happened here um, with KC having uh, two of their linemen out and the Bucks having a very ferocious front four. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was basically the game. If you want to kind of get technical about it, um, you know, everybody wants to talk about the quarterbacks, but it really was up front. Um, all right. So Kansas City, do you think they're the favorite? I'm not talking about uh, the odds in Vegas here. I'm just talking about um Uh, do you think Kansas city is the favorite to win the AFC next year?
1: Uh, Yes, I do.
0: All right. And do you think that um, obviously they need to shore up that offensive line? I know they had uh, injuries uh, in the playoffs, but um, do you think there's other places where Kansas city needs to improve besides the offensive line?
1: No, I, I think they, they need to focus there a little bit and just get a little more depth on that line to, to, you know, just help Patrick Mahomes along.
0: Now, this could have been my, uh, my random fact, but it was about football, and I try to make these uh, random facts about, not about other things. But um, did you see the thing about LaShawn McCoy? Do you know what team LaShawn McCoy was on last year?
1: I believe he was on the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: That's right. He's won back-to-back Super Bowls. <laughs> Sean McCoy, I'm not even sure he dressed for this game. Uh, I don't think he did, but he will uh, get a Super Bowl ring for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
1: Well, that is good so for was... him.
0: Yeah, good for him. Um, Alright, so what about Tampa Bay? So, uh, Any thoughts on on that? Brady says he's coming back uh, right away in the speech on the stage. Jim Nance asked him the question. He says we're going to bring it back. Um so that was that was your prediction. You said he was coming back either way, and uh, I thought maybe if he won, he would, um, you know, say he was going to think about it and maybe not come back. But he says he's coming back. Uh, what do you think about Tampa Bay and Tom Brady?
1: Uh, I absolutely think he's going to be back. Probably, you know, he he seems like he gave every indication that he is. And, you know, I, I don't know what the um, contracts of all their players look like at the moment, but they're going to have to definitely keep a, um, a talented roster on hand if they want to have a duplicate success of this season. They um, loaded up on the veterans to kind of help Brady out and just, you know, they were a win-now team and they won. And I, I think they're going to make their best run at it for this following season, too.
0: Yeah, so Brady, I think, was a twenty million dollar cap hit this year. I think he got more than that because of incentives, and then next year uh, they're gonna have to pay him more money, uh, which means they're probably not gonna be able to bring bring back all those defensive starters. Um, might not be able to bring back everybody on offense either. Um, so this team, what do you who do you think do you think this team is the is the favorite to win the NFC?
1: No, I I think there's too many. Um... There's too many teams in the NFC right now that are, you know, one one per one player away or what you know, one game away from being where they are. Green Bay and New Orleans, you know, the Rams are still going to have a good team next year. Cardinals are still up and coming. 49ers are going to have a lot of their players return back from injuries. Seattle's still a fairly w- good team with Russell Wilson. So I think there's a lot of teams in in the NFC that are ready to. Pounce on the Buccaneers first mistake.
0: I agree. I'd be interested to see. I don't know if the odds are out on this. I I don't know if they'd be out this quick. Uh who the who would be the actual favorite um odds wise. It might be Green Bay. Um that sounds like plausible. Um, unlimited ammo. Anyway. Um so, actually, you brought up Russell Wilson. I saw a story today that um, the team is not happy with him. I don't mean the players. I mean uh, general manager, ownership, um, because I guess he was uh, made some comments that uh, he wasn't surrounded with enough uh, talent, uh, that, uh, and they're not happy with him. Uh, you think there's any chance Russell Wilson's not on the Seahawks uh, this coming year?
1: Yeah. Uh, crazier things have happened, and you—you uh, know—all it takes is one phone call from the right team to, um, mm-hmm. to to justify that. But from what I understand, there will be a thirty-one million dollar cap hit if for Russell Wilson if he is not on the team this year, and I don't see too many scenarios where Seattle is going to want to take a thirty-one million dollar cap hit in a year where the cap is already going to be cut back significantly due to COVID and all the um, revenue loss this season. So I I think there's a lot of smoke there, but it, you know, it may be a two to three-year exit strategy and, you know, maybe his next contract opening,
0: he's going to be a free agent. Yeah, I agree with you. I just thought that was interesting today uh, seeing that story. Um, All right, well, so Super Bowl in general – Was there a commercial you liked, or anything else about the game that we we haven't covered yet?
1: You know, I think overall it was um, it was pretty good, pretty good afternoon. Tony Romo is just fantastic. I think we exchanged a couple words on that with um, over over the thing, and I, I don't care how it works. I think Tony Romo should be like the de facto Super Bowl announcer from here until the time he wants to retire. You know, kind of like uh, Jim Nance has the Masters and there's just that person correlated with a significant sporting event. I know there's a lot of money.
0: Technical difficulties, but uh, you were you were talking about Tony Romo and how they should make him permanent uh, in the booth uh, for the Super Bowl um, and. And I agree with you. We talked last week. um, uh, We we weren't sure whether Tony Romo had done a Super Bowl before. He did the Rams-Patriots one, which might be why we don't remember it, because that was one of the worst Super Bowls I think uh, I've ever seen in my 30-something years of watching Super Bowls. Um, That might be why I don't remember. That was, um, what was that, 2018? Super Bowl, That is um, possible. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, I think I watched that one with no sound on it and I, uh, stopped paying attention and at a certain point. I don't really know. I was here at the house, so I wasn't like uh, wandering around the neighborhood or something. I remember the game, but I only vaguely remember it and, uh, didn't remember Tony Romo being in it, but yeah. So, uh, that would be an interesting thing. Um, I, I think so next year it's NBC that would have it. Um, and it's gonna be the it's gonna be in L.A. if I'm not mistaken, um, and I think that'll be Al Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth um, on that one. But maybe they could work out some kind of deal uh, to get Romo in there um, and just switch uh, around the guy who uh, does the play-by-play. I
1: think that would have to be one of the things where the NFL steps in and says, "Hey, listen, networks are gonna we're we're gonna pay Romo for this event." You know, you're. Your ace is not needed. Uh, Chris Collinsworth and and L. Michaels are you know veterans in what they do, but I, I think you know a, a younger, more informed, closer to the game type announcer something you need for the Super Bowl. And I hope to make this happen, even if it's a from the SIF podcast itself.
0: Now, I I doubt that anybody will jump in and be as good as Romo. Uh, but you got Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and Philip Rivers all kind of expressing interest in possibly doing that color analysis in the booth, and um, Peyton Manning's making a lot of money not doing that right now. Um, he's basically, I, I, from what I understand, it's like he wants more money than Romo, and somebody eventually will probably give it to him because he'll get desperate. But um, do you think any anybody uh, else – not that they would jump in and be as good as Romo, but uh, anybody else that you you'd think just would have um, you know a knack for it the way he does.
1: You you know I I think Peyton Manning is he's pretty quick witted with humor and you know his knowing the nuances of football are – he you know he he forgets more than any of us will ever know. Um, I don't know if he would necessarily be good for play by play, but I think he'd be a a fantastic studio guy. Um, Drew Brees is definitely one of those guys where you know he's going to be great to hear on a Sunday afternoon as well pregame. I don't see Philip Rivers being a great color analyst. I know he he's a little edgy at times, so I don't know if maybe that'll play to his strong suit. But you know, I know his knowledge of football is phenomenal, and you, you know, I think th- these are just the next up and coming people that are going to be on, you know, giving their shot for, for this, uh, for these gigs.
0: Yeah. I can see rivers being more of a studio guy. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, don't know about him in the booth, but you know, I think any of these guys want to, uh somebody's going to give them a chance. Um, and that's the, you know, so we'll see it happen uh, sooner rather than later for these guys. Um. Anything else uh, Super Bowl related? Do you want to talk about the halftime show? Did you watch the halftime show? Do you want to talk about uh, anything else? So I before you say anything, I, I forgot to say this. Um, I didn't actually think it was that bad of a game. I mean, the fact that, you know, early in the fourth quarter, even with the line playing that bad, uh, Mahomes was still keeping them alive. I mean, they technically were still in it. At the beginning of the fourth quarter, um, you felt like they still maybe could pull it off. Uh, at least I did. Um, I didn't think it was that bad of a game. I understand people were surprised that the Chiefs only put up nine points and it was not a shootout the way people hoped. But everybody, uh, the general public, likes the over and uh, the favorite, which obviously um, uh, betters took, took, uh, took it on the chin uh, <laughs> if they did their normal thing um but did you have anything else that you wanted to say before we move on
1: you know uh shout out to the weekend he uh had a great great performance at the halftime show um i i guess i don't know if it's the cr- crotchiness in me coming out or if it's just what i'm accustomed to over the past couple of shows i'm a little disappointed that there wasn't uh supporting supporting singer or act to go with the weekend at one point to join in for a song or two and then him come back on a solo act and finish out but uh overall was a pretty um pretty good show
0: yeah i was surprised there wasn't uh, a surprise um the so yeah i mean uh, it was kind of just a commercial for the weekend um is the way i would describe it um all right if you don't have we will take a break we're going to come back and talk about fantasy football for next year and anything else you might want to talk about right after this we um we save it for the podcast but i did send you um the top three the first three rounds of the um fantasy mock draft from ESPN. It was the last one they did before the season started. So it was in September. Um, and so I sent you uh, pictures of that. I could have done screenshots, but I did like an old man and I took pictures of it because it was on my computer. Um, so I sent you those and I wanted to take a look at those and just see how far we go before we start making substitutions. Uh, for next year's draft so uh, let's start obviously the number one pick was Christian McCaffrey do you think he still deserves to be number one pick
1: uh no I think that injury is going to probably drop him down a couple of spots and you know it, at some point someone's going to be able to pick him up their five six or seven spot next year and that's going to be a probably a steal for anyone who gets him in that position
0: Do you think the same thing happens with Saquon Barkley then?
1: Yes, I do. I think he's going to be – I think he's going to take a couple steps back. I think there's a couple guys down that list that are going to, you know, be first, second, third off the board no matter what.
0: Well, I know the next one's going to fall. Ezekiel Elliott, uh, I don't know how far he'll fall, but he's definitely falling out of the first round um, probably – Late second, I don't even know. I, I mean, I I think if you if you believe Dak will be back, you're gonna take a chance on him in the second round. Um, I mean, I don't know if I would take a chance on him, but uh, there's a certain point at which he he does have value. Um, Dalvin Cook, obviously, I think moving up, I would think into one of those top three spots. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I see that happening. I don't think there's any. Any rookie that is going to be drafted that's going to justify taking him over Dallin Cook at, you know, even the top five, but definitely top three.
0: And then Alvin Kamara, the the question here with him is, um, you know, what do the Saints look like next year? Um, Are they the Taysom Hill Saints? Do they bring in somebody else? Is it better for him that the offense maybe runs through him more or? Uh, do you think he, he stays at five, or you think he's going to be moving around?
1: Uh, I, think he's, um, I think he's going to be one of the top three picks as well. It, you know, I definitely would not be questioning whether I draft him or Michael Thomas first, you know, if the choice is up to me this upcoming season. Um, I learned my lesson the hard way, and you always, you always go with running back if you have a choice.
0: Um, This guy is definitely moving up. I know he's a favorite of yours, Derrick Henry, at six. I think he moves into the top five, if not the top three.
1: Yeah, I I don't see anyone that is in the top ten or even top five who, if it were right this second, if nothing changed, that I would not pick him over anyone.
0: So he might be a number one or number two pick in some leagues. Um, Josh Jacobs, I think, is going to fall. I don't know if that's fair or not, but he just didn't have uh the season that everybody was expecting. Uh same way with uh, Clyde Edwards E'Laire, he is probably falling uh late second round at this point, I would think. What do you think about those guys?
1: Yeah, I I see them taking a little bit step back, but that doesn't that doesn't mean they're gonna have, you know, a bad season. You know, I think they're both gonna have decent seasons and there may be a lot of value in those in those two running backs by the time it's all said and done
0: uh yes and so and then uh, yeah they'll they'll have value for sure um Nick Chubb uh probably moving up uh but the Kareem Hunt thing I I don't know if Kareem Hunt's going to still be there uh in Cleveland next year um he may be looking for you know his own starting job somewhere um but uh anyway if he's still there I think you got to you got to keep Nick Chubb behind probably some of these guys because of that factor what do you think?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I think free agency is going to dictate a lot of what happens with the Browns this year. So he's going to be one of those guys we don't really know where he should fall on that depth chart until, you know, until season time rolls around.
0: And Miles Sanders at 10, I mean, I don't think that's going to stick um... – Uh, I I don't see that. And then we did have Michael Thomas at 11. That was – this is, again, the ESPN mock draft um, from uh, September of last year. Uh, Michael Thomas – so Michael Thomas might not be on the Saints. um, And if he is, he might have Taysom Hill throwing the ball. Uh, I mean, Michael Thomas might fall 10 spots.
1: Yeah, and with that injury, he might still not be 100% and – you know, maybe had a little bit of locker room issues, maybe character issues. A couple of things holding Michael Thomas down at the moment. Maybe he'll be able to take this season to reflect and, and get ready for next season. And he may be a valuable um, tool for trading. And, you know, he could be
0: in a different city next year. Yeah, I think so, too. And then we have Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon. Um, Aaron Jones, again, there's a glut of running backs there in Green Bay. Um, every year, fantasy owners are frustrated because he'll have the big games, but then he'll have the very quiet games. And uh, But I think that's probably going to be his spot right around there again, 12, 13, something like that.
1: I agree, and if for some reason that Aaron Rodgers is in with this team next year, I think that's just going to help uh, put it, push Aaron Jones up into the top 10. Uh, I see him being a very valuable asset if uh,
0: Aaron Rodgers isn't there. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and then Joe Mixon, uh, I don't know. This, he had an injury that kept him out a lot of the uh, second half of the year. Uh, that's kind of, you know, I don't know if he's going to be on the Bengals. I don't know. Uh, I, that's And Kenyon Drake's kind of the same for me. Um, the, the one that's interesting for me is in round two, pick 15, Devontae Adams. How high do you think Devontae Adams goes uh, this coming year if Aaron Joe, if Aaron Rodgers is there?
1: You know, you you see him having the argument that maybe being the first wide receiver off the board, maybe him or DeAndre Hopkins, you know, who was drafted 17th this previous season in this particular draft. Uh, one of these two guys is going to catch, you know, Possibly catch a heck of a lot of balls this coming year, and I think either one of them is going to – you're probably not going to be upset with that pick unless, you know, barring a major injury or something like that to set you back.
0: Yeah, that guy just kind of – that Adams and Hopkins, you're not going to regret the pick. Um, and that's why I think they'll both be first-rounders next year. Um, Julio Jones, I, w- I went through Julio Jones this year as um, – as a manager myself, and I can tell you, I'm not taking him in the second round. <laughs> he would probably be gone before I would take him. Um, it's just, uh, you know, he, it was tough. It was tough. He doesn't catch a lot of touchdowns, which makes a huge difference. Um, for whatever reason, uh, I don't know why he's like six foot five and they don't, they don't target him in the red zone. Um, Hill, Hill I think that's, he might move up a couple spots just because of some of these other guys, but, um, And he he did have a pretty good season. Um, I I skipped Austin Eckler. He was hindered most of the year. I don't think um, you can say for sure. I guess if he's the starter, he's probably somewhere in the early to mid-second round, just like he is here. And then the last one, uh, Chris Carson, um, you know, he might be a solid pick. I think he'll probably last until the third round, though.
1: Yeah, I I kind of agree with you on all of that. I I think they're... um... I think there's going to be a couple of movers and shakers that we're not, you know, that are, you know, by the time season rolls around, you're gonna, you're gonna want this particular player on your team, and you're gonna be feeling really good about it picking, you know, picking someone up like, uh, or Julio, or not, I'm sorry, not Julio Jones, but like you said, someone like Austin Eckler or Joe Mixon, you know, somewhere in the, the late, the late second round, even early third round. I think this is you know, they're going to be due sufficient for a second or third pick.
0: Yeah, so I think, I mean, we agree that Hopkins and Adams probably jump uh, or should jump into the first round, maybe even Aaron Jones uh, towards the end of the first round. But um, the rest of these guys are probably second rounders, if not third or fourth. Uh, Going to the third round then, this is the last one we're going to do. Travis Kelsey, I think that guy's going to jump. Um, he got drafted pretty early in our league. If I remember correctly. Um, I don't know how early though. I don't know if it was second round. Anyway, uh, Mike Evans, uh, I, I kind of can't my, I, I can't myself. I don't, I don't really like Mike Evans as a fantasy wide receiver cause he kind of has those big games and then a lot of zero games or six points cause he catches one touchdown and nothing else. Um, so that's why he ends up being a third rounder. Uh, George Kittle probably moves up uh, this coming season back into the second round. I think he got drafted in the second round in our league. Uh, Chris Godwin might not be on the Bucks next year. Um, but if he is, because they're going to have to give him a contract, I think, um, if, if I understand correctly, Um and if he is, it's, it's the Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, paradox where, you know, one of them can have a good game. The other one, probably not going to, uh, and then we have Kenny Galladay with Detroit, Cortland Sutton on Denver, Mari Cooper, Mari Cooper, of course, that's dependent on Dak and, and what goes on in the quarterback situation there. DJ Moore for the Panthers, Allen Robinson with the bears. And then this was sort of prescient, uh, Jonathan Taylor going at the end of the third round there did not start the season strong, but definitely was one of the top five running backs fantasy wise uh, by the end of the season. So um, what do you think about that list?
1: You know, that's, uh, it it seems like these are the, the, all of these players, you know, with the exception of, um, you know, uh, maybe Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you know they're. You know I, I'm going to refuse to give away fantasy any fantasy football tight end advice on the SIF podcast from here on out. <laughs> so we won't discuss those. We won't discuss those particular gentlemen. But I, I think these are all players that you're starting to. You know when you're starting to look for a wide receiver three, you know these these are guys that you're going to close your eyes and hope you pick the right one and you know one or two of these guys are going to have three or four really good games the others are going to be you know mediocre you know maybe some will step up for for their team but you know there's a reason these guys are not um not wide receiver ones and you know they're they're going to need a little bit of supporting cast to be successful
0: is there anybody that comes to mind? I'm just putting you on the spot here, and if there's nobody, then then that's fine. But if there's any, is there anybody that comes to mind that's not on this list, the top thirty from last year, that you think will definitely jump up there?
1: Uh, is Kareem Hunt on the list? He's not. I think he could possibly join the list.
0: Yeah, and what do you think about the running back? in Jacksonville, James Robinson, uh, or somebody else, um, there could be a potential for somebody to, um, you know, be the running back featured on that team. Um, so I, I guess and
1: a- uh, DK Metcalf is you know, someone that is going to surely jump up this list as well.
0: Absolutely. He'll probably be a second rounder, uh, late second rounder, maybe, um, for sure. Yeah, there's there's guys that are going to jump in here um, ahead of of some of these guys, especially these round three guys. Um, And uh, because it's, you know, it's based it's going to be based on basically one season of work like DK Metcalf where you go, okay, you know, he's been great, but who knows? Um, Could be Tyler Lockett next year. Um all right so that's all I had I just wanted to kind of go through that obviously when we come back uh and it's going to be a long time but when we come back and do uh our our preseason podcast um we will talk fantasy uh then and we'll know a lot more about uh, who's where and all that um if you uh did you have anything you wanted to say about fantasy before we move on to prop bets croutons that kind of thing
1: no, I think we are ready to move on. And what I do want to pull a little bit of a SIF surprise. I think, you know, maybe having a a dra- draft prep show for our listeners wouldn't be terrible and maybe a draft recap. And I'd like to add a, season, a special SIF surprise show coming up uh, to discuss and have a debate of the greatest football dynasties in the past NFL history.
0: All right, we can do we can do one of those. I would say um, we'll have to kind of schedule it, um, maybe next Wednesday or something. But yeah, we can definitely talk uh, that, and we can do some, um, you know, in the summer uh, before the season starts, of course, um, just like we did this past year. Um, all right, let's move on. We'll talk um, about, like I said, prop bets and croutons next. week this year we had um our Caesar Side Salad Croutons presented by Caesars Palace the official wagering partner of the NFL um so we have started out with with a thousand croutons um I don't want to get into the specifics just yet but I, I you were mentioning something about this so uh first of all what worked well about the croutons and what should we possibly change? I have some ideas for what we should change going into next year based on what happened this year. But uh, did you have any thoughts on what worked well or what what we should change? Overall, I I
1: think it was a, a really great concept. And once again, I'd like to thank Caesars Palace for being the sponsor and betting partner with the NFL. Um, (laughs) I I think we do need to look a little into where one person could just bet counteractive and, and make sure that they never relinquish a lead once that happens. Um, Personally, for me, I don't think I'm going to be scrounging on four bets, four bets a week this time. I think I saw a lot better value in um, quality, not quantity. So you're going to see the mayor's, focus uh, shifted just a little bit for this coming season without giving away too much strategy?
0: So, the one change I would make uh, is that the winner goes first, and if we happen to have the same number of croutons, then that's fine. It doesn't matter who goes first, but um, the winner should go first. Like I suggested, uh, we do last week. Um, you know, and you know, if you, uh, we talked about that. Um, so, uh, we'll talk about our, our own croutons, uh, in just a minute, but I just wanted to talk about what worked well. I thought, it really was uh it added a lot of suspense to the nfl week uh that just wasn't there before um you know w- we have the pickem league we have our fantasy football um but the croutons added that extra edge so i thought it worked really well um you know and there's no question that if you you laser focus your your bets uh you're probably going to do better and that we need to look no farther than your week 12 through the super bowl um where your spicy meatball hit almost every single week and you went like 8 8 of 9 leading into the super bowl game so there's no question that that worked for you and probably if you had done that all season long you'd have like a 300,000 croutons or something like that um so that's something we definitely uh will play around with a little bit more going into next year um so, but we, but overall, I think it was a very uh, successful idea, and I do owe you uh, a Tuscan dinner um, of your choice. I don't know when that will get to happen, as seeing as we don't live in the same city, but it will happen. So, uh, before certainly before next season, we will definitely have to do that. All right, uh, you, yeah, I'm, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to look forward to that, uh, and maybe we,
1: you know. Have a little bit of fun with it, but one way or the other i, I think we should maybe also tie something to where we uh, we we made a little chart for all of our listeners to understand so we could keep track of and share that data with our listeners because it was kind of an unsecured page, but it was to where only the professor and I could access it. I think we should really laser focus in on Maybe who whose bet we really like together, so we can really try to make sure we focus to our listeners the bets that sound like sure things for the week, even though there is no sure thing in betting.
0: Yeah, and uh, and looking at the looking at our uh, spreadsheet now, I I noticed that you won up to me. uh tried to sneak in there with an 1102 but you got me with the 1103 I did Uh, I
1: saw that and I laughed and I almost got offended and then I I was like did did I make an awful mistake and then I said nope so I, I figured I'd return the
0: favor I appreciate that um so uh yeah, th- like um this is a thing we could do next year. Um we can always share this uh document um you know, make it non-editable and um a document that our listeners can click and open uh, in case they want to check uh, without having to listen to every last second of every podcast that we ever did. Um we can definitely do that. We can put a link in the show comments. Uh, some of the uh uh podcast sites will will do that for you so like uh, apple podcast does that um so we can definitely do that i think that's a good suggestion um uh for our listeners to you know maybe to be able to access uh, what we're doing week in and week out um i wanted to talk about the prop bets but did you have anything else before we move on to props
1: no i, I think uh the I think the one prop bet that I would have bet on in the Super Bowl I would have lost.
0: When and that was the uh, the, the coin the coin toss.
1: Uh, we well, make that two bets then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So what was the other one? The, the coin toss. I went heads. You went tails. It was heads. So what was the other one?
1: So the other one I would have bet on would have been that uh, scoring drive lasts less time than the national anthem.
0: Yeah, we. So, are you saying we just didn't have any quick scoring drives? Is that what you're saying?
1: I, I don't think there were any that, other than maybe the two minute warning. I I didn't really look to see if that came out to where if it was less time than the than the national anthem, but I I don't think Brady got it in in time.
0: That was a weird one. We didn't talk about that, but uh, that was a weird Andy Reid timeout thing, um, where he was giving Tom Brady time. Uh, when it looked like Brady just wanted to hand off and get off the field. Um, Andy Reid, for some reason, was calling timeouts, presumably to get the ball back if he could, but um, he ended up giving the the Bucks time to score, and uh, that – pretty much was the game. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, that, yeah, that drive might have been close to two minutes, and I don't know how long the national anthem was, but that would probably be the only one that was close. Um, I had a Darrell Williams over eight and a half rushes. That one did not uh, come through. He He did get some passes. He was active in the game, but, you know, when they were behind, he was playing a lot but not running the ball. And then I liked the Brady over 296. He didn't get there, um, but he threw some long bombs, and if one or two of those hit, um, he might have gone over. Uh, And also, we expected this to be a a shootout, and uh, it was really not. uh, Since they were in control of the game in the second half, they didn't do a lot of passing. Um, We also looked at some other ones. The first uh, turnover would be a fumble or an interception, and the first scored... Uh, was would it be a TD or would it be something else? So those are the two that I had written down from last week.
1: Yeah, and there there was a lot of noise out in the um out in the community about the streaker at the um at the Super Bowl and how he bet on himself. And I, I think from what I understand from the story is that story is partially fake news because there's no prop bet that allows you to go over five hundred dollars for the simple fact that it can be completely staged as we discussed before that, you know, how, how can they prevent it from happening? Well, that's how they can prevent it from happening because it, you know, the odds, the payout is not greater than the risk.
0: And the Gatorade was blue, which, uh, not a lot of people had blue, um, Something to keep in mind for future years: just kind of go opposite whatever color you first think will probably be. Um, if it's in, if it's Seattle in the Super Bowl, it's probably not going to be green, lime green, Gatorade uh, that they pour on Pete Carroll. Um, all right. So, uh, anything else on prop bets? Uh, anything that I didn't mention already?
1: So the national anthem length was two minutes and seventeen seconds and I was scurrying quickly to try to figure out how long each of the scoring drives was. But I believe that that did, – did Brady have the ball the ball at the two-minute warning mark, or was it at before the
0: two-minute warning mark when he went down and scored the field goal and, or this touchdown? I, I want to say it was just over two minutes or maybe just under. So I think it was probably less – it was probably a little bit quicker than the anthem.
1: Okay, so I would have won uh, that – Prop bet had I bet money on it, but I
0: did not. All right. Well, um, I think overall we were probably better off not putting money on the prop bets. They, by and large, did not go over that well for us in our predictions. I think we're much better picking games uh, against the spread and uh, over unders uh, during uh, the regular. So that's it. The Sift Podcast season one is in the books. Uh, But as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, the SIF podcast uh, will have a season two. And uh, that is going to be called The Ghost Gatsby. And it will start next Thursday. So if you enjoyed uh, season one, which was uh, football and fantasy football and wagering, this is going to be very, very, very different. Uh, but I hope you enjoy it just as much. So thank you for a wonderful season. Uh, thank you for listening. And I'd like to uh, obviously thank the mayor. So I will talk to you soon.